for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. And uh, we're just going to read three verses from 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called, we us should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, John says, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And God will bless uh, the reading of his word. I've entitled this morning, What Manner of Love? What Manner of Love? When I started reading chapter 3, I couldn't really get past those first one or two verses. What manner of love? And that's what we're going to look into a little bit uh, this morning. Love is shown in many ways and many guises. You see it in the elderly couple, still loving each other after 50, 60, sometimes even 70 years of marriage. You see love shown by the father or the mother sacrificing themselves for their children. You see it in the young couple walking down the aisle in their first uh, few minutes of just married life, of just being married. You see love in the single mom or the single dad enduring hardship so that his or her child can eat a meal, get a uniform, have classes, whatever it is. Love is shown in many, many different ways. Many stories of love finding a way where there seem to be no way. But there's another love, a different category of love, which is way beyond any love you will ever see or ever experience. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And John, as he's writing this epistle in chapter 3, he just really expresses astonishment at the depth and the breadth of the love that God has for you and for me. He's just simply astonished when he thinks on it and considers it. Charles Spurgeon says, Do you not realize that the love the Father bestowed on the perfect Christ, he now bestows on you? Amazing. Just amazing. The perfect Father bestowed on the perfect son the same perfect love on his imperfect children so that we might be adopted into his perfection. What manner of love is this, that we should be called his children? We're his children. 
I wonder if you get that. <laughs> I really, if you really get that. Zig Ziglar said, what an amazing name, Zig Ziglar. It's impossible, it's impossible to consistently behave in a manner inconsistent with how we see ourselves. It's impossible to consistently behave in a manner in to consistently behave in a manner inconsistent with how we see ourselves. In other words, we live out how we see ourselves. Do you see yourself? Do you understand? Do you know in your knower that you are his child? And people will tell you, well, we're all children of God. But we're not. Not really. I understand when they say that we're all God's children. And in one sense, they're correct. But it's one thing being a child of God. It's another thing being fathered by God. We have to choose to be fathered. Choose to be led. Choose to be taught. Otherwise, we are rebels. And there's nothing worse than a rebellious son. So we have to submit ourselves to our father. We have to humble ourselves to his leadership. And we have to live as his children. And the word here is children. (laughs) Because you're not an only child. (laughs) When When you became his child, you joined his family. But he, he's got other children, you know. Um, uh, I know you think like John who wrote this book that you're the only one that he loves. <laughs> and, uh, but he has other children too. Uh, you are the special one, but you're not the only one. Okay? He has black children, yellow children, brown children, white children, young and old children, male and female children, Jew and Gentile children, Western and Eastern children, children undercover, children in disguise. All sorts of children who, where God is the same, has the same father as you have because they have trusted in him. Righteous ones like Sarah in the Bible. Other ones in the Bible like Rahab, who was a slut, really, if you want to use that word. Wise ones like Solomon, stupid ones like Adam, Ruth, Tamar. Tamar was a a wife turned into a hooker. All in his family, in his lineage even. But when they accepted him as their father, and God as their father and his son as their savior, all became like us and we became like them. We have God as our Father. We are His children. And when He's in us, He purifies us. He sanctifies us. He restores us. It's divinity willing to have humanity as His children. Amazing. The Word made flesh. God enough to reign in heaven, man enough to walk the dusty roads of earth with his children. We have to come as a child, a little child. Can it enter the kingdom? We know that, don't we? Can it enter the family? You only entered your own family, your physical family, by being a child. You didn't come here as an adult. 
you entered in as a, a child, just to remind you. And it's the same with the kingdom of God. You enter in as a babe in Christ. And daddy is the king, and we are his kids. So you're a child. And enjoy having God as your Abba. You know, if you go to Israel, you hear the little ones running around, Abba, Abba, Abba. That means daddy, daddy, daddy. I don't know what your childhood was like. don't know what your father in particular was like. Often we, t- we, we tend to parallel God with, um, with uh, our own father. Our experience of our earthly father, we sort of translate into an experience with our heavenly father. We sort of mirror the two relationships. And really, we shouldn't. Jesus didn't do that with Joseph. Joseph served as an earthly father to Jesus, but he was never really his physical or spiritual father. There was things that Joseph could do, but there was a level of fatherhood that he couldn't reach with Jesus. There's a level of fatherhood that your father couldn't reach with you. And many of us, maybe had a bad relationship with our father and we feel the lack of a quality fatherhood in our past and that has affected our Christian walk with God. Maybe you were frustrated by the lack of your father's parenting. Maybe the lack of love. Maybe the lack of patience. The lack of commitment to the family. The lack of spirituality as the head of the house, supposedly. The lack of strength, the lack of protection, the lack of awareness, the lack of presence in the home. Maybe the father walked out and you were left. And so what we've done is we've grown up spiritually, but somehow we have considered our own father as a parallel to God, and God as a parallel to our Father. But John says, no, 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 you've missed it. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. And when you became his child, that love was transferred onto you. This is no normal, normal earthly relationship. This love is another, totally another dimension. Every love you'll ever experience will pale into insignificance compared to the love that he has bestowed on us. You have already got it. You're just not experiencing it. And the first word of this chapter says, Behold. Behold means look and see. I do the grandkids. Look and see. Look that he has bestowed on us. I want you to look and see the manner of love that God has bestowed on you this morning. No matter the relationship you had as a son or as a daughter with your earthly father, you have to make sure that you experience the magnificent love that God has graciously given to you. He released it to you. You see, one day in heaven, your spiritual father, God, released you in seed form to your physical father. 
Don't want to get into too much detail here. But, <laughs> but that's what happened. And behold, one day, nine months later, you were born. But God says, I knew you before, before anything happened, before you were in your mother's womb. And he planted you as a seed in your earthly father so that you might come into this world. And from that day in eternity, he's looked on with interest, like I looked on to these two ladies yesterday, just to see what was going to happen. He's looked on at you. Say, that's my son. That's my daughter. And I've released them into this world. And they've come through an earthly father and an earthly mother. But their heritage is in eternity. Now, they have a choice. Which way are they going to choose? My way or the highway? And that's what's happened in each one of our lives. The prodigal son, in a sense, is an illustration. God has been watching and waiting for our return. Why is he waiting for our return? Because he wanted to bestow the love of the father who's waiting to see if the prodigal's going to come home. And you came home. When you entered into that covenant relationship with Christ, you maybe mumbled the words, you maybe sang the words, you maybe just never said any words, but you said to Jesus, I am following, I am accepting you. And the father said, my son, my daughter is home. Right, what we're going to do with them, we're going to tell them off. We're going to say, where have you been? No. He did what the father did in the story. He put shoes on his feet. Put shoes on our feet. Put the best robe on us. Put a ring on our finger. And said, let's have a party. We all love parties. And that's what happened in heaven when you came home. When you accepted Christ, there was a party. And the best robe has been given to us. What's the robe? The robe is that we are covered in the robes of his righteousness. You are righteous. You don't look it, but you are righteous. <laughs> Some of you are looking, I do look righteous. <laughs> so you're clothed in righteousness. He's put a ring on your finger. The new covenant has been put on us. What does the ring signify? Ring signifies something that Susan's got for her mother. It's a power of attorney. She can act on her mother's behalf. You understand? And so he's given you a ring as a Christian, as a child. This is the manner of love that you've been given to us. And we can act as power of attorney for God. <laughs> for God. Your father. That's why we pray for the sake. That's why we declare and we decree what God says in his word. You understand? Because you have power of attorney. He's put a ring in your finger. He's put shoes on your feet. Because this new relationship has got to be walked out. You can't just stand still. He's put, given you shoes to walk in relationship with him. Slaves didn't have shoes. 
It was only the sons that had the shoes. And now you become a son and a daughter, so you have been given shoes. That's why the prodigal was given shoes. That's why he's given you shoes. Because you're a king's kid. I think what bothered the elder brother wasn't so much that the wayward brother was back. It was the fact that the wayward brother was back with all the bells and whistles that he had. Rings, robes, shoes. Do you understand? He was back with everything. Everything that he'd given up and gone away from, the father gave him back. And when you were far away from Christ... You had no robes of righteousness. You had no shoes. You had no power of attorney. But then you came home and God says, robe, shoes, ring, party. Do you get that? You think some of you are not convinced. You're really looking like you're not ready for a party. You look like you're ready for a funeral. (laughs) but that's what the elder brother thought oh no they don't deserve that and maybe you're thinking this morning I don't deserve that I know you don't deserve it I don't deserve it either but we've been given it behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us it's one thing to forgive it's another thing to forget it's another dimension to restore It really is. And God has forgiven you. God has forgiven me. God has forgotten my sin. And he's forgotten your sin. But not only that. He's restored it all back to you. God says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust. The consuming locust. And the chewing locust. My great armage was sent among you. Now you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people, my people, you are his people, shall never, ever be put to shame. Never be put to shame. That's the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon you. But we don't get it. We don't. We think, you know, but I'm not, I'm not behaving myself and I'm not doing right. I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm not praying enough. And maybe you're not, and you should be. But the manner of love is not up to your expectation. It's not up to your behavior. It's up to the Father wanting to bestow it on you. Forgiven. Forgotten. Restored. That's your position in Christ. Forgiven, forgotten, restored. I want you to say that after me. Forgiven. Let's start again. Forgiven, forgotten, restored. That's for your position in Christ. He's welcomed you home. And now he's given you the responsibility and the respect of a well-pleased father. Some of us never got never ever got the look or the verbal thanks of a well-pleased father. Some of us have never got it. 
And now we have translated that experience from our own earthly father to our heavenly father. And we don't expect that from God because we never got it from our own father. I don't care whether your own father was pleased with you or not pleased with you. I'm not bothered whether he showed respect and love to you or didn't show love and respect to you. God is showing you love. God is showing you respect. God is there for you. God is for you. Robe, ring, shoes, party. That's all for you. Not any old ring, but your ring. Not any old robe, but your robe. Not any old shoes, but your particular size of shoes. Not any old party, but a party. Let's have a party. I love parties. Never want to go to them, but never want to leave them. That's what, that's what we all do, don't we? Never want to go. I don't know what to wear. I don't know what, what time is it. Do we have to go? All those sort of things. And then we get there, and we're alive and soul of the party. Oh, this is wonderful. We need to go now. No, no, let's wait another half hour. You understand? It's like Tuesday night. I can't be bothered going. When you get there, oh, this was great. This is wonderful. Why are we finishing so soon? Just getting started. There's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. One sinner. There's many more than one here this morning. Imagine the joy. So can I say to you, stop playing dead. Susan said, in another way, seize the day. If you read my book, which you're going to read my book, hook, line, or sinker, you're going to read my book. Somewhere or other, you're going to get it read. Even if they stand here and read it to you, I'll get Abby to stand here and read it to you. <laughs> Abby's been wonderful in terms of helping with the book and Sam as well. Anyway, don't get me started down that road. Um, we have to wake up to who we are in Christ, to all that God has for you. You're not in a cemetery waiting to be buried in this life. You've got a life to live. Seize it. Go for it. Stop playing dead. God's got loads of plans. He's got loads of responsibilities for you. He's got loads of roles that he wants you to play. And he's got a party for you to enjoy. It's the only work where you have a party on the sidelines every day. Even if it's just you and God. Just join the party. It's already happening in heaven. You may as well join in. Don't play victim. Well, it wasn't, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got, you'd be astounded at the stories that could be told in this room. Really. Everybody's got a story. Don't think your story's worse than somebody else's. It ain't. Because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got experience. Everyone's got a past. And the enemy says, well, you just play it down to that past. Play up to that past, as you say. Just, just, you'll never be right. You'll never be healed. You'll never be restored. You'll never have a proper life. You'll never have any money. You'll never have a house. You'll never have a family. You'll never have children. And that's what the enemy says to you over and over again. And then you start saying it. You start repeating like a fool. You start repeating him. God says, no, you're a son. You're a daughter. Robes, rings, party. You understand? So we have to man up. We have to woman up. We have to step up. Because one day you'll go up. Yes, one day you'll go up to heaven. But God wants you to go up here. He wants wants you to restore you here. 
In all sorts of ways, he wants to bless you. But we have to take responsibility for our life. We have to take initiative. We need to be proactive. Because why? We're a child of God. We have all the resources of heaven behind us. But we operate in poverty. Like we have nothing behind us. You talk to a rich kid and then talk to a poor kid and you'll see the difference. One talks with, I've got resources, and that doesn't always come across well. And the other one talks out of poverty. I don't have anything. Father was unemployed. Grandfather was unemployed. We don't have anything. We rent our house. We don't own our house. We don't have this. We don't have a car. We can't go on the bus. We have to walk and all of that. And they talk from poverty. You, spiritually, you don't need to talk from poverty. You talk from being rich. You're rich because you're a king's kid. You have the resources of heaven behind you. And maybe you're listening on the podcast today elsewhere in the world, and God's saying to you, you're rich. You're rich. I think there's, I can't remember, in the, in the Western world, we're all rich. <laughs> you might think, no, I'm not. Trust me, I'm not rich. No, you have clothes, and you have some food, you're rich. We are children of God. And John in his letter says, the world doesn't know you, because in, we live in a world that doesn't know its daddy. More and more in the UK and the Western world, we, children are coming up and they don't know their daddy. That's true physically. But spiritually, we live in a world that doesn't know its daddy. And that's why it can't get a grip of you because it can't, weird. Because it doesn't have the same father as you have. It's fatherless. So the world's not your brother or your sister because you're unknown to it. And we live in a world that yearns, yearns, without realizing it, for a relationship with its father. If you're a man, make sure you're here on Father's Day. Because you're going to see a remarkable interview that I was tempted to show you a bit of today. But I'm keeping it for Father's Day. And I want you to see it, men. Don't miss it. Whatever you do, don't miss, you don't want to miss Father's Day anyway, do you, really? But be here on Father's Day, because you will be so encouraged and blessed. Part of the elder brother's problem that he was taking for granted was that he was taking for granted everything that he had, but it had lost meaning to him. He was living with it all, but it had lost its meaning. He had the same love as the prodigal was experiencing. He had the same father. He had the same welcome. The parties were available. Everything was there. But he had become so religiously thick-skinned, too stubborn, too proud, too arrogant to enjoy all that the father would give him. father said, you can have it all. He says, you could have had a party. You could have had anything you wanted. It's there. But you never accessed it. And sometimes as Christians, we live as elder brothers. We've gone, come home as a prodigal and we have translated into an elder brother and we've forgotten to enjoy ourselves, to enjoy God, to enjoy that communion with Him, to enjoy that relationship. And so often we've just 
done the work around the farm, the jobs that need doing. I need to do this and I need to do that. And No, in church, enjoy church. In family, enjoy being a father. Enjoy being a mother. Enjoy being a son. Enjoy being a daughter. Enjoy being a grandparent. This is it. This is it. There's eternity, but only one life will soon be passed. It's true. It's true. And sometimes we just suppress everything. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to do the next thing. And actually, God says, no, enjoy what you have. Remember, God will always leave the 99 and go looking for the one. Always go looking for the one. He does. He says, when no one's going to come to the wedding, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. And sometimes we live in a world, and don't you ever get sick of people who say, well, if God does this, then I'll believe in him. If you do this for me, God, then we're okay. If you prove yourself here, then okay. If you give me a miracle, then I'll believe you're God. If you will, and you put what? Your thing is that if you sought this God, we're okay. I'll believe I'm your son. I'll believe you, I'm your daughter. If you'll just do this, God doesn't need to prove Himself to any of us. I hate to tell you, He's God. (laughs) He's not a performing bear, a circus, just for us. He doesn't need to prove Himself. He's never going to become a designer God. He's not a la carte. He doesn't offer up a buffet where you just pick and choose what you want. No, he says, you give me your life, and I'll sort it. And you might not like how I sort it, but I will sort it. This life's not about us. It's about him, the great I am, the Lord God of gods, the El Shaddai, God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. And we need, as his children, to recognize, yes, the intimacy of having him as Abba, and daddy, but we need to recognize that he is God Almighty. So we need to recognize him, we need to wait in him, we need to worship him, we need to honor him, we need to serve him. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Dads, mums, what about your house? As for me and my house, we're going to get a detached house. Thank you very much. As for me and my house, we're going to get a new terraced house. As for me and my, we're going to get a new career. We're going to get a new job. We're going to get a new. What are you saying about your house? As for me and my house, if we choose to serve the Lord, all these other things will be added unto you. See, we've got to get our focus off of what our need is and get our focus back onto who God is because He is Jehovah Jireh, He's our provider. We are children of the one and true God. It's not being revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him. The only revealing that is going to happen for people to see God is through you and through me. People don't read the Bible. <laughs> they read you. And they read me. And <laughs> sometimes it's the apocrypha. <laughs> You understand, sometimes it's the little extras, you know, the person who gives you a nice wave in the car or cuts you across and, and whatever else. 
It's not always in the Word of God how we act, and we should. (laughs) But God is purifying us. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. John's saying, get a grip of yourself. Really, get a grip of yourself. You, You choose to sin, and you can choose not to sin. You have more control over yourself than what you think, really. You know, picture the scene, I've said it before. You're having a humdinger of an argument with your husband or your wife. All hell is breaking loose in the house with one of the kids or whatever else. And it's all, and then you hear, somebody's at the door. It goes quiet, doesn't it? You ever notice that? It goes, the arguing stops. And you go to the door and say it was me. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's lovely to see you. We, 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 come on in. Susan, look who's here. <laughs> you understand? We, we, we can control ourselves. You, you, you say, no, that's my mom's bad temper, my dad's bad temper. Or that's that. No, 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 no. You can get a grip anytime you want. <laughs> and the Bible says, do that by abiding in him. Practice righteousness. So that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our bodies. We choose to do the right thing. We choose the right path. We choose to go against our inclinations, our earthly inclinations. We choose not to have our mother's temper. We choose not to have our father's anger. We choose not to have our grandmother's gossipy attitude. We choose not to have be critical. You understand? We choose not to. By looking after our mind and our body, our finances, and everything else. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. So he's bestowed that love upon us. What are you bestowing on yourself? He's bestowed that manner of love upon us. What are we bestowing on ourselves and what are we bestowing on other people? Are we reflecting the love down and out? The f- Daddy's love. What are we reflecting out? I told you before, uh, in all the years that when I was growing up, I could never, ever remember my father saying to me, he loved me. Never, ever. And I got to, I don't know what age I was, 30, 40. And it suddenly, I, I'd never experienced it, so I didn't really, it never bothered me in one sense. Because I didn't, didn't, didn't know it. And then it suddenly dawned on me, I don't think my father's ever told me he loved me. So how do, I thought, how do I get him to say to me he loves me? And then it came to me like a smart man that I am. I thought, I'm going to start telling him that I love him. Because it dawned on me, I'd never told him that I loved him. So then what I started to do was, I started to tell my father that I loved him. My mother, my mother always told me she loved me. Mothers do, don't they? But fathers of my an upwards generation struggled with that. So I started to tell my father that I loved him. A few phone calls later, I started to hear him say, I love you. And then it dawned on me, you have to take leadership. You have to start doing what you, to others what you want doing to you. And it's only when I started to tell him that I loved him that he started to tell me that he loved me. And sometimes sons... And daughters, you have to take the lead with your mums and dads. Stop expecting everything from them. Start telling them you love them. 
if they've never told you that they love you. Start telling them that you appreciate that the cost of bringing you up. And if your dad never showed love to you, then you will find, unless you fight it, your natural default position will be that you will struggle to show love to your kids. You have to take the lead. But let me tell you, with your heavenly father, you don't need to take that lead. John says, behold, the manner of love. The difficulty is not getting the love from the Father. The difficulty with us is appreciating all that the Father has done for us. And that's something else we don't often appreciate. You people with young children, these young kids do not appreciate all that you're doing for them. But you do it anyway. But there'll come a day, God willing, when they have children of their own, And then they'll suddenly realize all that you did. That's called maturity. Are we mature in Christ? Do you recognize and do you realize and do you appreciate all that Christ has done for you? Christ going to the cross, God sending his son to a death, Holy Spirit being here over 2,000 years. Do you understand what the, the Godhead has done for you? It's amazing. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He laid down his life. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. Let us not love in in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Remember what I said last week. It's not your talk. That's important. But it's your walk. Because your walk reveals what you really love. So this week, as we go out into Preston, Lytham, wherever, Enjoy the love that the Father has given you and give it away. Give it away. Because the more you give the love away, the more the love is rushing back in to the vacuum that you've caused. You give the love away, he's giving you more love. You sow seeds into what I was talking about, the offering and the book, he'll give you abundance more. Because you've acted in faith. You understand? But you've got to step out. (laughs) You've got to step out in faith. It's the currency of heaven. Forsaking all, I trust him. F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. We've got to act in faith. And receive his love this morning in faith. You say, "I I don't really feel it. And I'm going to pray in one minute that you do feel it. But you've got to say, I'm still going to act as though it's there. I'm still going to walk forward. I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to walk with him. I'm still going to put on my robe of righteousness. I'm still going to act as a, with power of eternity. I'm still going to put the shoes on with the gospel of peace as a son and as a daughter. You understand? We act in faith. We walk in faith. We talk in faith. Let's just pray. Father... I thank you for your word to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. Some of us, Lord, our hearts are so hard 
we struggle to feel anything. Some of us, Lord, our hearts have been so hurt that we struggle to trust. We struggle to believe. We struggle to accept. We don't want to be hurt again. But I thank you, Father. You're a God, you're a Father who doesn't hurt us. All you want to do is bless us. All you want to do is give to us. All you want to do is be there for us. And Lord, we give you the right this morning as your sons and as your daughters. We give you the right to be father in our lives. The discipline of the father, the love of the father, the care of the father, the security of the father, the hedge of protection of the father around us. Maybe this morning you're struggling to receive or accept that love. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. But you know who you are. What I want you to do is just, as it were, open up your heart to the Father. Just like the prodigal coming home. Father, I've sinned. I've been an idiot. Not even worthy to be a son. And you hear the Father interrupt you with the love he has for you. Holy Spirit, to hearts that are hurting this morning, apply yourself. Break in in any way you want to. Break into people's lives. Help them to trust again. Help them to submit again. Help their lives to come back into order. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. And it's worth taking these few moments to surrender. Help us to walk in faith, Lord. Without it, we can't please you. We want to please you this morning, Lord. For hard hearts, just let the Holy Spirit soften them this morning. Let him apply his oil. You've been running. You've been hurting. You've been trying to fill that space that God wants to fill with all sorts of other rubbish. Nonsense. Just nonsense. God says, no, I want to fill it. I want to be there for you. I want to protect you. I want to love you. Just let the Holy Spirit come in this morning. For some of us, this is a breakout. A breakout. Breakout of the prison that the enemies put you in. Just as you hear the guitar playing, just let the Holy Spirit 
move in your life. I'm not going to tell you what he's saying or what he's doing. He can do that himself. Just let him speak to you. Just receive that love. And goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. All the days of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Hearts are being broken. People don't want to see their heart broken. I always think the only the treasure comes out when something's broken. And sometimes our hearts need to be broken for the treasure to be revealed. What the enemy meant for harm, God will turn for good. And for those of you who God has spoken to this morning, you don't need to stand. But I just want to pray for you, Father, for your sons and for your daughters. We bless you. We thank you for them. Pain is being healed. Hurt is disappearing. Forgiveness is coming. Restoration is happening. Because that's your nature, God. And we thank you. And we bless you. And we will honor you. Because you're our daddy. You're our Abba. Oh, God, we thank you. Behold what manner of love the Father, our Father, who art in heaven, has bestowed upon us. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about our church, or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.